um, I created this division. I am the figurehead of the Ring of Honor Women's Division, um, and it's going to stay that way. No matter whether it, whether it's Mercedes Martinez or anybody else, um, no one will forget the legacy that I've built around this Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Watching women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. My name is TK Trinidad, aka the Canadian Assassin, and I'm not alone. She's a senior writer and host for WWT. Please welcome Nikki Fuji. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. And today we have an amazing show and of course nothing but amazing guests. She is a former two-time knockout champion, a former AAA Reina Dorena's champion and current Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Please welcome Deanna Perrazzo. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. You say that so like, <laughs> yes, that's that's me. That's who I um, am. That's who. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that and more. Um, but let's uh, let's get into it. Like the last time we spoke to you was like last year around this time, and you've done so much more. But the thing that I'm most entertained with is the feud with you and Mickey James. Like it it feels like online everything is just like amazing, and it never gets old. Um, and you know, some feuds are just like okay, just retire this already. So what can you attribute that to? Um, I think that Mickey and I both um, are, are, we have very tough skin and it's, we can just say stuff to each other that, and it doesn't upset us. You know what I mean? We realize it's all in good fun. It's all in good faith. Um, and we can just continue to just poke at each other and jab at each other and no one is offended. And I think that, um, you know, especially on social media when you can't understand people's tones and, you know, things get lost in translation really quick. So yeah. I think we can attribute it to me and Mickey have a really great relationship outside of wrestling. And um, we just know that, like, it's fun and the Internet likes it. So we're not going to get upset with each other. A hundred percent. Now, you are not the Knockouts champion. However, you are still the face of the division. Now, how did the Virtuosa make that happen? Um, you know what? I think it, it's it's uh, like a combination of things. I think, you know, obviously it's I was the Knockouts champion for like 18 months, um, you know, almost two years. So it's just kind of like I've just been in that role for so long. Um, but then I also think it's, you know, the the management side of it, just see, seeing, um, you know, how I interact on social media, how I conduct myself in uh, interviews and on these media tours and that, you know, I'm punctual and I'm on time and I look good and I just I check every box as well as I can. Um, and I think that, you know, being a champion or not, sometimes you just have figureheads of a division that um, you can rely on to do these things and put your company at the forefront. Um, and that's what I've really tried to do while I was Knockouts champion and then also continue to do it when I'm asked uh, as not Knockouts champion. We're going to get, we're going to put a pin in that and circle that back uh, real quick. <laughs> but uh, your upcoming match with Ty Valkyrie at Under Siege, um, that's going to be an amazing match. Uh, what are you going to do differently with Taya? Because she's, you know, she's, you know, back into things, back in the thick of things. I know she has her eye, eyes on some prizes. So what, what's the game plan with her? 
Um, I think for me, I took the Champ Champ challenges as a way to add new things to my repertoire, to take a, take some chances. Um, you know, prior to the Champ Champ challenge, no one really saw me doing a standing moonsault and things like that, going to the top rope or jumping off the second rope. And I've, I've taken some chances and, and used this as a way to get outside of my comfort zone. Um, however, still win. But I think with Taya, I did the same at Rebellion, and it obviously did not work in my favor. So I always think that, um, you know, you if you don't win, you learn. And I think what I learned is take it back to my roots, go back to the basics. And, um, you know, when I did defeat her at Hard to Kill last year, it was working her leg and her arm. So is it, you know, she's quite taller than I am. Is it taking down her leg um, to get to the arm? Or is it working on her back? and pinpointing a different weakness, but maybe not taking so many chances that I took at Rebellion. Now, you bring up the Champ Champ Challenge. What really came about? What were your first thoughts, and how did that really go into motion? I wanted to call it the Champ Champ Invitational. Mm. Um, But Impact was like, well, we're calling it the Champ Champ Challenge. And I was like, Okay, so one of us has to change it. Um, and they were like, we like the, the three C's, the champ, champ, challenge. Like, it just sounds good when you say it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of annoying when you say, like, I'm the champ, champ, and this is the champ, champ, challenge, champ, champ. Like, um, it gets under people's skin a little bit. So Tie it backward. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Um, but I think that, you know, it was kind of like, okay, she has these two championships. We have the ability to like, you know, we worked out this great relationship with Ring of Honor while they're in this unknown time to kind of do whatever we want with this. And um, it still kept me on top of our division being the champ champ, having two championships, but being able to constantly defend them. And then up until that point with the AAA Rana Day Randers championship, it kind of t- took a backseat during mine and Mickey's whole whole storyline because it was for the Knockouts Championship, then we did a rematch for the Knockouts Championship, um, and I wasn't necessarily defending the, the AAA Rana De Reina's Championship, so it was a way to get that back on TV and in in um, you know in a prominent position and, and really showcase it more. So I think that there was um, a tremendous amount of business that was done with the Champ Champ Challenge, but then also it was a fun way to have surprise surprise women come in and and wrestle wing and and have these one-on-one one-time only dream matches and things like that yeah speaking of another dream match that's going to come up on a different network which is absolutely amazing so next week as the roh women's champion you'll make your AEW dynamite debut against the roh women's interim champion mercedes martinez now there's a lot going on here so first <laughs> off um Is there anything that you want to say to Mercedes to kind of let her know, like to put her on notice? You know, I tweeted, um, Mercedes tweeted on Wednesday when it was announced, uh, you know, I waited for a Ring of Honor Women's Championship. And I tweeted back, you waited while I created. Um, This championship has been in the making to get it to be what it is and showcased on the platform it will be on Wednesday um, for, you know, seven years now. I helped create uh, the, at the time, Women of Honor Championship. Um, It was a figment of mine and a few other people's imaginations that we pushed and fought and worked and scratched and clawed for to to have someone think that a women's division was possible in Ring of Honor. So, um... I created this division. I am the figurehead of the Ring of Honor women's division. Um, and it's going to stay that way, no matter whether it, whether it's Mercedes Martinez or anybody else. Um, 
no one will forget the legacy that I've built around this Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. And with that being said, we are still in the age of the virtuosa. Yes, now, I have, to, I have to ask, you have created a lot. And honestly, in the knockouts division, you have created match upon match and opportunity after opportunity, becoming homecoming queen. I got to know, who has been your toughest opponent thus far in the knockouts division? Um, I think the answer is always Jordan Grace. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've had some some hard-fought victories, but I think it's always Jordan Grace. Um, you know, obviously that's who I won my first Knockouts Championship from. Then we had the rematch in the um, first-ever Knockouts Ironman match. 30 minutes of, of brutality. She is strong and powerful and agile and quick and, like, all of the things that just encompass – um, everything an athlete wants to be times a hundred and she goes in there and she doesn't know her own strength. Um, and we all poke fun at her about it, but she just brings this level of intensity that forces you to match her. Um, and I just think that we have, we, you know, our two matches that we had are our only two matches at impact. Um, I cannot wait for the opportunity to wrestle her again. Cause I just think she's phenomenal and we bring out the best in each other, but, um, beat the living crap out of each other as well um i don't know if this is a good segue speaking of beat the living crap out of uh so the current <laughs> the current champion the current uh knockout champion is tasha steels um i also i just there's just something about the impact knockouts you guys are just i don't know if there's like a behind the scenes like this is like educational type thing but you guys mic skills are on point your social media skills are on point um so are you, is that going to be your next kind of angle? This is what you're, this is who, that's who you're going to be going after next, Tasha Scales? I would love that. I really would. Um, you know, I don't necessarily know after Under Siege what's next for me. Um, you know, I've talked about maybe it's the Digital Media Championship. Maybe it is the Knockouts World Tag Team Champion uh, Championship. I just have to find myself a tag partner. Um, you know, but I, if the opportunity is there to wrestle Tasha, then hands down, that's what I want. Um, you know, more than just it being for the Knockouts World Championship, I think that um, Tasha and I have such a long history together and it's not necessarily trainer trainee but you know I was a part of team Adams when she first came in and, and we traveled together and we we um, you know shared hotel rooms together and we wrestled each other in our early days and I just think that it's another one of these full circle moments for us to stand face to face in an impact ring together and um, I think it would be magic so more than whether it's for a championship or not it's like a personal goal of mine to be able to do that. Well, let's go back to those uh, Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championships real quick. Yeah. If you, let's let's say you confront Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood, but right. you don't have a partner. Give me three knockouts. No, there's only one. Oh, really? Chelsea Green. Oh. Yes. <laughs> that's the only one. That's the only one. That's my real life best friend. That's yeah. the person I spend every single day with and when we're not together we're texting um you know she's just i don't have a sister and i've said this numerous times about her but um if i had to 
understand what a relationship with a sister would be like, that's what I think it would be like. She is my sister more than she's my best friend. So um, I think that there's no one I'd trust more to be in the ring with, to have, there's no one who's had my back more um, in this crazy wrestling world that has been with me through the ups and the downs. So I think that um, that would really translate on television in a unique way. But then also, too, if you look at our wrestling styles, you know, obviously I'm more technical based, I'm more ground based. Um, but, you know, she has speed, she has agility, she'll go to the top rope, she'll do all these crazy things, um, she'll do the, the dive. And uh, I think that we're each other's balancing act, you know, the things that she's really good at are things that I'm not necessarily great at and vice versa. So I think that when you put us together, you get the complete package. Mm gave me like goosebumps like yeah. I want to I, I want to see that like ASAP um, it's funny because like we started this in NXT and you know originally it was with Rachel Elring we were going to be you know a trios VXT um, unfortunately Rachel had gotten hurt when we had just kind of started pitching it and Chelsea and I also on the side were like doing photo shoots and doing our own thing to like just kind of stay relevant and have content to put out and um you know, I think VXT for Chelsea and I kind of took a life of its own um, because we were doing those photo shoots and things and selling merch. And, and then people really, I don't want to say it was a social media movement, but it was just social media being like, oh, this is cool. And we like them together and we know they're friends and this could work. And then that translated into like people at NXT being like, hmm, there's push for this on social media. Let's explore it. Um, so, you know, I think that like, it's so funny because people are like, I want to see it and bring back VXT. VXT was never a real thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it's so funny that we talk about it like, like with all this nostalgia and it's like, no, no it was never, it was never a thing. <laughs> well, I mean, kudos to you guys' photo shoots because you and Chelsea, I bay amazing um, yeah, workout goals for sure. <laughs> um, but like we just talked about like the, so many knockouts you have Chelsea, um, we have Ty, we have yourself, like so many knockouts, even going back to, to Gail Kim. Um, there's something magical about the knockouts division. That's like no other women's division um, yeah. as far as storylines, as far as just kind of, you know, seeing women, you know, beyond the, you know, monolith of it. So what would you attribute that to? Um, I think that, you know, again, it's, it's um, a combination of things. I think that uh, there's such a legacy that comes with being a knockout. And, you know, it goes back to Gail Kim and Awesome Kong. It goes back to the beautiful people. It goes back to um, having, you know, women's tag team champions before that was the cool thing to do. I mean, the knockouts were so ahead of their time and so groundbreaking. Um, you know, before there was a women's evolution, there was the knockouts. And they were getting storylines and television time and they were coming in with the highest ratings of the episode and things like that, um, that maybe people, you know, forget now and don't give the credit where it's due now. Um, but I think that there's a legacy that when you come into our knockouts division, you feel right away. Um, but then, you know, it's our roster who mm -hmm. feel this legacy and, and we're all such great friends and we have such uh, camaraderie in our locker room that um, we all push each other to be better and to, to put our best selves out there and um, are willing to help each other do that. So there's that level of it. But then there's the management level. And you talked about Gail Kim. 
And, you know, she's agenting and producing these matches. She um, is sitting in on the production meetings. You know, Madison Rain is an on-screen wrestler, but then is also, you know, agenting and producing matches and helping with creative stuff. And there's so many working parts and women being involved at every level um, that it's kind of hard to, to deny women anything in the knockouts division because it's, on every level, someone is pushing for us to do more or be the main event of the pay-per-view or... Um, do a first time ever an Ironman match. And, and, you know, there's just um, management is really behind continuing this legacy. Um, and then it trickles down from there. So there's so many contributing factors, but I just think overall we feel a sense of responsibility to continue what was started, you know, 20 years ago. And that's just, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And you've had so many accomplishments in impact wrestling thus far. Where do you want to see the virtuosa go? Oh, um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like every time I'm like, okay, I'm good. Breathe. Um, there's something cool else happening, you know? So after Mickey, it was like, okay, I'm not the Nuggets champion anymore. And, and you know, I, it's funny because I actually was like, I don't need a rematch. Like, I want to be so distraught by losing the Nuggets championship. It's like Camelot is dead and uh, that's it, you know, um, and just be done with it. But they were like, no, you need to have a rematch. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me step away from the title picture. And then I got these two championships, and then it was the champ champ challenge. And so, you know, now losing the, the Reina de Reina's championship, I know I have the rematch, but it's like, do I need a rematch? Maybe I can step away and figure out this new facet of who I am. Um, but then it's like, nope, just kidding. You're going to Dynamite, and you have a championship match, you know, live on television. Um, so I don't know what it is because I feel like every time I'm, like, satisfied, it's like, nope, something else is next to be excited for. Um, so, like I said, it's obviously retaining uh, my Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. Maybe it's reforming VXT with Chelsea Green. I have no idea. I'm just kind of like, let's go with the flow and, and expect the unexpected. That is that is the thing. Like you, you in the in this one portion, you've you said so many different things as far as um, championships, as far as like amazing things that you've done in different promotions and including Impact. Um, Ten years plus career. What in one word? How would you describe that your career thus far? Oh gosh, um, a roller coaster. <laughs> I think that um, you know I started off hot, like. You know, once I had my first match, um, you know, my eighth match was uh, an impact knockouts, knockdown pay-per-view um, way before I was ready for that. And then literally one month later, I was going as an extra to be a rosebud at Monday Night Raw. And it just kind of stayed steady like that. I was consistently doing things with WWE. I was, you know, then doing stuff with Ring of Honor. I was, um, you know, just wrestling all over the place. In 2016, I wrestled like 110 matches or something like that for the year like, um, I just think it's been a roller coaster because then when I went to NXT, it went like downward as far down as it could go. And there were some highs in there. You know, I got to wrestle in NXT UK, debut on Raw. Like, I did do some some cool stuff if, if you really think about it. But um, I just think the last 10 years have been a roller coaster. Um, and for better or for worse, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I love that. I, I love that. And honestly, with Impact Wrestling, um, we get to see you have, you take your losses in a different way. You spoke about it earlier in learning. So I, I want to know, what, what have you learned the most in your losses with Mickey James? I think with Mickey, um, like I said, I was so like, 
I wanted it to be such a defining moment. I wanted that loss to, to mean something in terms of, of me and like this internal conflict I would have had. And I just felt like that virtuosa was so like, I bow down to the queen. I'm going to be the champion forever. Long may she reign. Um, and then there was also this symbolism of, you know, this, this evil queen who had her, had her nails clawed into the knockout championship and no one could take it away from her. I mean, I wrestled not everybody, but like there's very few people in our knockout division that I hadn't wrestled while I was the knockout champion. Um, so I think maybe what we don't talk about so much is the symbolism after the Texas death match where, you know, she, she gave me the DDT in tax. Like she threw the table on me, she threw chairs on me and she sat on me and it was such a, uh, a, a visual of like she is now dethroned and like the evil queen is dead, right? Um, and I think that the way I interpreted, you know, losing the first time and then going into that match was it was a big mental shift for me. I had to like go into a darker place, and you know that's why I wanted the darker gear. And my gear maker just ended up not making my gear. But that's why I went with the jeans and the t-shirt and, and just how do we invoke this like dark Diana we were calling it and this like evil, like maniacal, won't take no for an answer. I'm, I'm going to get it by any means necessary, Diana. And um, I think that's what I learned the most is like, how do you shift from, from one character perspective to the other um, and really make that make sense? Woo. Well, I look forward to seeing, I know that's all you could do, just bow down. I look forward to seeing um, the most amazing matches this year. Like I said, you know, we, we spoke to you last year and within a like year, so much stuff has happened. So I can only imagine, you know, with the kind of sort of out of pandemic, wherever we are with this, with that thing, uh, what's, what's going to be happening this year. So thank you so, so much. We look forward to all the matches that are going to be coming up with the pay-per-views and AEW, et cetera. Um, yeah, it's just... Thank you. And for people who are not following you, even though y'all should like get on it, where can everybody <laughs> find you? Um, you should be. Everyone can follow me at Diana Perrazzo on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so, so much and have a good one. Good luck on your uh, upcoming matches. Likewise. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh my goodness. Wow. 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 Uh, she is absolutely amazing. Um, so this brings us to our panel question. Nikki, are you, are you ready for this? I think this is right up your alley. And the reason I say this is up your alley is because if you guys aren't watching, we have an impacts after show or impact, excuse me, wrestling after show that happens every Thursday night. Um, so the question is, um, who do you think should be added to the impacts division that's not in there just yet? Oh, um, I think it should, I think it should be Jade, formerly known in WWE as Mia Yim. She should make her return. And the Ooh, reason yeah. it is because just on the latest episode of Impact Wrestling, we saw Ty Vachery and Rosemary have their reunion slightly. Mm -hmm. And with Jade, She's had history with Gail Kim and also mm -hmm. Rosemary as well. So that's just to me the obvious the obvious choice. Yeah, I it's it's so crazy that um and I think we made reference to it in in, in the interview mm -hmm. is that like impact 
is one of those things where they the, the women are allowed to create their own character and refine their characters and the characters are so amazing and right. it could be anything from um like a rosemary because we did an interview with rosemary wow y'all need to go and check that out because yeah. it was all, it was on a whole different level um but you know we had we you see so many people who've had great careers at impact and you know they've either moved on or whatever mm -hmm. um but they could still wrestle mm -hmm. and to have them come back like even madison rain like she's gone and come back several times but every time she comes back it's just like another level so um i i think yes that definitely jade um i kind of if I were to pick somebody who it probably won't happen anytime soon, but I think would be a great addition as far as being able to, um, what's the word, um, fully realize herself, um, mm -hmm. Red Velvet. I think Red Velvet would be a great addition to Impact Knockouts. I think so too, because there's just something that I feel like would, she would be highlighted in a different light. Yep. And staying in the AEW realm, I think Abaddon would also be oh a good Oh my gosh. Abaddon and Rosemary. Yeah. And then like that would that would be that would be, I don't know. A whole nother level. A whole nother Well, that is it for us today, folks. Um definitely go and check out um there, there's just so much stuff going on. So definitely go and check out that. Uh, AEW Dynamite. We do have an after show for that, discussing mm -hmm. that. So definitely, that, that's going to be an amazing match. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have Under Siege that's happening as well. Uh, so much happening um, just across the board with all the promotions. So I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't even know how y'all going to keep up. I don't even know how we're. Gonna well, to be honest, they're going to be fed because you will be getting live action for Under Siege, and the all the coverage for Diana and um, Madis. Uh, Mercedes Martinez match on Wednesday will be covered by the Dynamite Dolls yeah. on AEW post show. Um, I will be live at Under Siege on Saturday, so be sure to check out the Instagram um, to see, you know, just all the good stuff. All the, all good, the good stuff. stuff. Woo. Well, with that being said, um, where can everybody find you? Um, of course, it's only at Nikki Bougie, um, one half of the most dominating tag team in women's wrestling talk history, the Salt Shakers. And don't forget to check out, so Nikki is also a senior writer on top of being a host. Uh, so mm -hmm. all those articles, all those articles you can check out at www.talkpod.com. Definitely go and check out our social media. So when Nikki's making reference to our social media for Under Siege and et cetera, our social media on everything across the board, www.talkpod. Uh, you can follow me on everything at TK Trinidad. Um, yeah, y'all, we have some big things coming. So please stay tuned. Check out our website. Check mm -hmm. out our social media. Um, just a lot of things highlighting women's wrestling, which makes us the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Ciao, y'all. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. <laughs>